Hello everyone, I'm Carrie, and I'm Kristen, and we're bringing you our weekly podcast called Girlfriend's Guide to Blending Families. Kristen and I met a few years ago through a mom's club in our town, but our friendship really took off when we started sharing the heartaches and successes we both experienced in raising our children in blended families. We hope to share insights, stories, and a few laughs with you on this crazy and rewarding journey of parenting. So grab your glass of wine, and if something we share resonates with you, let us know. We would love to hear from you. Cheers. Cheers. Hello, Miss Kristen. Hello, Miss Carrie. So welcome to episode nine of Girlfriend's Guide to Blending Families. Tonight, we are going to talk about how to be supportive when your girlfriend's getting divorced and there are kids involved. Mm-hmm. Kristen and I have obviously both been there, and we wanted to share some things that we've learned along the way. So, Ms. Kristen, mm-hmm. why, why don't we start with why we decided to talk about this? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, you and I are always thinking about topics that we can share on the podcast. And um, recently, you know, everything sort of goes in waves. Um, I've had a couple friends um, who have shared uh, with you and I that they are going through a divorce and um, they have kids. Some, you know, are friends of mine. Some are some shared friends that we have. And um, I think, you know, my first reaction is like, ooh my heart kind of aches for them. And I, you know, the challenging time that they have ahead. Um, But I also feel like it's a real opportunity um, since you and I have gone through that experience to step up and really lend support to them. So um, I just thought it would be a great topic to put out there about things that we've learned along the way and some things that we thought maybe we could have um, really needed or used when we were going through our divorces with our kids. Um, so that was kind of the, the origination of the idea. Right. And I think that, you know, when always hindsight is twenty twenty. So when we can look back on it and think about, oh, I wish I had known, you know, something silly for me was a practical thing. Um, when I got divorced, I did not put my maiden name anywhere in my divorce documents, which I didn't really think about because at that point I was keeping my married name, never occurred to me that that would be necessary. But then when I went to try to get like a driver's license or when I got remarried and I had nothing showing me from maiden to married to new married, like there was no, no way to do it. It was a total disaster. Oh yeah. So. You're like, am I like an FBI agent with 27 alias? Yeah. At this point right now I've got driver's <laughs> license. I got college IDs. Like what last name do you want right now? Exactly. And it was, you know, I never, I never thought of it. So that's my piece of advice. When you get divorced, put every name that you've ever had in that agreement so that they can trace you to all different names that you had. Yes. And I think there's kind of an emotional side too of going through a divorce with kids. And, you know, as a therapist, I guess my, my brain kind of works on that level too. So, um, you know, I just think there were some amazing people in my life that were so helpful and I would just like to pay that forward. But, you know, there were also some people in your mind always get stuck on like those, you know, few pieces of negative um, advice or experiences. And they just really stuck with me. And I try 
very, very hard not to be that person for anybody else going through a divorce. So I think it's just helpful too to share, you know, what to say, what not to say. Some of the things that you don't even know are like those pitfalls that you can fall into. Right. And I know you and I had talked about previously, um, when you get divorced, like you also have to divorce all the couple friends and a lot of the family members. And that's always hard because, you know, there might be people that you've been friends with for years, but unfortunately when you guys split, especially if it's not an amicable divorce, Mm -hmm. you know, friends go to one side or the other. Yeah. Yeah. I think friends, they want to be neutral, but they kind of are like taking cues from everybody involved. So they don't, you know, they, they want to be supportive in their own way. And there's so much involved with the divorce, you know, um, how the relationship is breaking down and all the extraneous things that are involved. So I think it's, it, it might just be that they are maybe more aligned on one side or another, or just something that strikes them, you know, in their own experience. Um, so it is hard. And I think those lines do, you know, get drawn in the sand, whether they're permanent or not, that's really up to everybody and that friend, but it can be a very difficult time. I agree. And I think the key word there was that sometimes it's permanent and sometimes it's not, you know, when it's fresh and it's new and depending on the circumstances of the separation, you know, people may say, well, I was friends with that person first, so we're going to be on this team. And Mm -hmm. well, no, this, this, you know, we, the girls are closer, so we're going to be on this team. But honestly, like over time, if you really want, if people really want to be in your life, they're going to come back. Even if during that, you know, breakup, there's some lines being drawn that eventually it all comes back and, you know, real friends stay real friends. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good point. And sometimes even family members, you know, you can like read into the messages that they're sending you and it feels like they might not be supportive or maybe they're not understanding, but you know, everything is temporary and everything, you know, will get better. So even though it's almost like you're in a fight or flight mode, you know, you feel like everything is like, that's how I felt like everything was a battle. And, you know, it was very just, it just felt so overwhelming and I could, I could not think clearly. I really couldn't. There was just like weeks and months where I just was not, you know, at my best. And so just to know that it does, you know, it all does settle and it all does get better. And that even if your friends are not, you know, there for you in the moment or in the way that you think they should be that yes, over time, you know, your true friends do circle back and, and even your family members, you know, the ones that might have had a, um, you know, a comment or a judgment, seemingly a judgment, um, that they will circle back to. Exactly. And I think, you know, when you're in the moment, it's really hard to see out of it, but always when you can look back now, that's, you know, part of the reason we wanted to do this because we're at the look back stage now. So we're able to see things more clearly, how we acted, how others acted toward us. And, you know, one of the things that we, Chris and I have discussed that we feel strongly about is to really be loud about your support of your friend that's going through the divorce, just as you would want the support of your friends when it's you. So mm-hmm. not necessarily like, I don't know, maybe, you know, a lot of times you can't really like relate to the exact experience, but you can always be empathetic and try to just be supportive of your friend. Yeah. Like I'm thinking of, you know, the other day when, um, like one of our friends was 
saying, you know, does anybody know a divorce lawyer? And it, that's kind of like the first step I feel like in like coming out, you know, it's like a whole outing process that you have to go through, which is so difficult. It's, you know, you have to like out yourself to your family, then your friends, then your coworkers, and just like random people on the street, you know, people you interact with at the doctor's office. Like there's so many people you have to tell, tell your divorce story to. Um, that it, it kind of first starts with like, oh, I'm going through this thing. And hey, do you know of anybody that's good, like a divorce lawyer? And I feel like that's a, a perfect way to enter and be loud about your support of, you know, hey, I, I might know some people that that will be helpful to you. But also, like, do you want to get coffee? Do you want to get a, a drink sometime? Do you want to just, you know, meet at the playground with the kids and just like cry over how sucky this is you know it's just it's a process and I think being there from the start and just saying like you don't even have to tell me all the details because honestly it's probably a lot and I got my own stuff going on but I am there for you um I think it's just super helpful yep I actually I have a good friend that you know you and I actually have this friend in common but we bonded completely over for the first time. Like one of the first times we met, we bonded over like sharing divorce stories because it's so traumatic. It's so emotional. You feel, you know, I was out of it at that point and she was just starting and I could just see in her eyes that she just felt, you know, lost and just devastated by the whole thing. And they, you know, there was a child and we totally bonded over it. We're great friends. You know, this is probably three years ago now. Um, And it's because it's those traumatic like life experiences that you really do create friends over if you reach out and you share it, you know, she, that night that this all happened, she could have totally not said a word and just kind of faked it and had a great time at the party, but she didn't, she broke down and she was crying and we, you know, swapped stories and, you know, a friendship was born. Yeah, I totally agree. I think even you and I, to a certain degree, we, you know, hold our cards pretty close to our chest. You know, we, we're both, a certain way and I think the first time that we both really shared about like our divorces and you know remarriages and blending kids and all the difficulties that's you know when we became really good friends and so it does take a little bit of you you know as the person that's gone through it already to extend yourself and ask those questions and just you know to let the person know it's okay you know I I really felt and probably, I don't know if other people do, but it just, I felt like so much shame about it that, you know, it's hard enough going through it, let alone whatever you're imposing on yourself. So if you can lighten that load for anybody else involved, I think that that is, you know, just the true nature of being a good friend. Yep. And giving people that, you know, sisterhood or group to belong to, you know, when you're married, you're part of like the married couple group, right? Like, so you're in that mode and then when that falls apart or you choose to end it or whatever the circumstance is I agree with you you feel a sense of guilt because Mm -hmm. no matter how much it's probably not your fault you always feel like well what if I had done more what if I had tried harder did I really try everything you know I said forever and I know I went through all of that like what if what if what if and at some point you just have to be okay with the decision even if it wasn't your choice Mm -hmm. yeah Definitely. And, you know, I think that when you throw kids into it, then, you know, we naturally have guilt and mom guilt and we're never doing enough and we're never the perfect 
parent, mom, and then you throw, you know, the marriage into that and all those expectations and all the standards, it can be really overwhelming in a very, you know, like, you know, difficult, dark, isolating time. So I think that, you know, just talking about it and and encouraging your friends, the ones that you know, that are going through it to talk about it is important. Yep, I completely agree. And one thing I have to say, you know, that I've experienced, um, and I think it's true for all, and I, you know, would love your feedback on it too, is reassuring the friend that's going through it and that's, you know, so worried about the guilt and their kids is just to reassure them that it's going to be okay. The kids are going to adjust to their new normal. It's not the picture that you created initially. It's not the fairy tale or it's not, or maybe it will be a fairy tale, but it's going to be a different normal, but it will eventually be okay. Would you agree? Yeah, I do. I think that, you know, you and I are both down the road to a certain degree enough where we can look at our kids, you know, objectively and the, the people that are in our kids' lives and say, they're good. You know, they're great. They have a, such a strong sense of family. They have such a community. And I, in some ways, like when you go through divorce, you do have to have a village, you know, it's, everybody has to have their part and the grandparents on both sides and the parents on both sides and, you know, all the new people in their lives, it, it does become exponentially, you know, more impactful, all the people that are there. So, um, I think we can look at it and say, I would never think that my kid, you know, has anything less than because of going through that she, she has more in some ways. So, yeah. I, and it's funny because it's almost like the same argument. I had, um, you know, one of our good mutual friends went back to work after being a stay at home mom for two years. And it was almost like the same arguments or the same dilemmas of, you know, am I going to be damaging my kid because I'm not a stay at home mom and I'm not there all day. And, you know, that somebody else is going to be like, quote unquote, raising them. And, it's like, you know, as somebody that has been working the whole time that my kids have been alive, that I can say, you know, it's good for them in some ways. It's good for them to have that separation. It's good for them to be around other children. And it's good for me too, emotionally. And it's just different. You know, I'm not a stay-at-home mom, but it has its own perks. And so, you know, I can say, you're going to be okay. Like, just go on the first day. It's going to suck. You're going to cry. You're going to race home and you're never going to race home faster but on day two and day three it's going to be easier and I think it's kind of like the same perspective when you're going through a divorce I agree um I think that we have such guilt and I don't I would love to know I know in my own experience that the men in my life do not experience this and I don't know if it's just the men in my life or if it's just a mom dad male female thing but mm-hmm. I feel like we feel guilt about absolutely everything I mean, Mm -hmm. just like you said, like, yeah, do I go back to work or not? Do I get divorced or not? Um, Am I using the right, the right parenting method? Am I going to sleep train them? Like every little thing that you do, you, you know, criticize and critique yourself and and feel guilty. Are you doing the right thing? So getting divorced is a big one, a really big one, but it's also part of that mom guilt. And I think bottom line is your kids will be okay if you're okay. If yeah. you made the right decision for you and you're a happy person and you're better because of this, then your kids will be too. Mm-hmm. Cause you can also stay and be completely unhappy, you know, and that has a different set of repercussions. 
So, or you can stay and be supremely happy and that has, you know, a beautiful benefit to it. So I think it, you're right. It's just all in our presentation and how we're able to parent. And that, that really influences the outcome on the kids. Yep. I think like, I would like to, you know, kind of gear this podcast a little bit toward, you know, some practical advice too, Mm -hmm. for, for moms going through this, um, or thinking about going through it because the like something simple as like the name change in your divorce document is practical advice. That's good. And I wish I had had, um, something else that I know we have, we experienced a little bit more on my husband's side. My ex and I did a very basic parenting plan. Like I had a a lawyer friend come sit down with me beforehand and we kind of like hashed out. She brought up some ideas that I hadn't thought of. Um, and then my husband and his ex had like a 17 page, very detailed parenting plan. Um, so it all depends, but I would say, and I don't actually know what yours, if you guys did a detailed one or not, um, be detailed about it. I think, (laughs) I think no matter how like amicable it is in the beginning or not having a very detailed parenting plan and custody arrangement is important. Yeah. I do agree with that because I think, you know, just in my experience over time, everybody sort of lets their guard down, you know, but in the beginning, because it's, it's just a lot of tension and a lot of uncertainty. So to have the parenting plan be very specific, very detailed, I agree with you is good advice because, you know, I think there's also a desire just to get it over with, you know, like, let's just put this to bed. Let's move past it. Uh, We'll figure it out. But, you know, when like dad gets a new girlfriend and you don't have anybody and it's Christmas Eve and you haven't figured out like where your kid's sleeping that night, that's going to be a major issue. So, you know, when you get divorced in August and you already have it written out what's happening on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and New Year's Eve and birthdays and all that type of stuff, it's like the framework to go off of. And then if things are cool then you can, you know, tailor it and adjust it and, and be more lenient with it. But um, I agree with you. I think it's, although it's tedious, it, it is important to have that up front. Right. And it, you know, you can't plan for everything. And I think, you know, if you're, if you're going through a divorce and you're using attorneys, they will do all this for you because they've obviously done it a million times and they'll give you all the different scenarios that you should think about. We did mm-hmm. not do that. So I, you know, there was a lot of things I didn't think about. Like, you know, I was a new mom for the first time. My, my son was two months old. Like I wasn't thinking about, okay, well, what about when he goes to school? What about if I get remarried? What if I have more kids? Like all of those other things, like you can't plan for absolutely everything. But, um, you know, when my husband got divorced, they already had three kids that were a little bit older. So everything was more spelled out. Like, pickup will be on this day at this time at this address return will be at this time on this day at this address. And it's very detailed. You have even years, you have odd years. And, you know, now we're, you know, seven years past that. And it's helpful because we don't, you know, we don't always remember it, but we have documents to go look at, which we refer to all the time. So like, okay, whose year is it for Thanksgiving? Where are we supposed to be today? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Even like taxes, like who's claiming the kid on your taxes? Oh, good one. Yes. You know, so like even years and odd years and um, it's just, yeah, it's just spelled out there. And I think, you know, over time, like we have just a general philosophy of, 
you know, parents have the right of first refusal. So if you are off and it's not your day, but you can take care of your, you know, you can be with your kid, then you are given the first right of refusal. So you can do it or not, you know, then it goes to the other person's, you know, parent or girlfriend or whoever can watch the kid. So, um, you know, I think there's like a general philosophy that you go by when things are good, but if things are not good, you know, it's, it has to be spelled out. Right. And I actually like that one, the first right of refusal, because that is not, that is part of my end of it, but not my husband's end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know if that's even something you can write into it. Like it should be like normal parenting thing, I think, but I, you know, I have multiple friends where that's not the case. You know, if mom's busy, they don't call, you know, ex-husband slash dad to help out. They get a babysitter, which mm-hmm. is like just bizarre but you know it happens and I don't know that that's something you can spell out in an agreement because if it's you know technically mom's time she can do with it as she wishes right and we'll you know get to that at the end about just the overall philosophy of what is important you know for your kid and stuff like that but I I would say you know you probably can drop that once you start feeling comfortable with the arrangement, you know, like you feel comfortable. Like I know I used to count the hours, count the minutes, count, you know, the weeknights and the weekdays and no, absolutely. I'm not giving this because I didn't trust that I would get it like reciprocated back to me, but it is now. So I can, you know, just have that whole shift. And it honestly, is just so much easier to give up that like, it's kind of just anger, you know, just to give that all up. And healthy, I'm sure, you know, it's definitely a healthier thing than to dwell on it, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So what, what other advice would you give, you know, practical type of advice for anybody listening? Um, you know, for me, honestly, I, I did join the mom's club. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't separated yet when I joined. And my daughter was, you know, only a couple months old. But I felt like um, that that w- that I was gonna need, you know, like a group. I was gonna need a separate village than than the group of friends that I had at the moment because I could kind of see what was happening. So I would say, you know, for people that are going for moms that are going through a divorce, I was going through a divorce. That um, just trying to like get your support network together, and that could be, you know, like we have our moms group, which is like. 30, however many moms and everybody has a different situation, but there's, there's just a general understanding of being supportive of one another, or it can be, you know, more formal in that, like getting a therapist, you know, a therapist is somebody for me, I have a lot of people say, I've never told anybody this before. And they'll tell me something, you know, about their life because you do need somebody that is non-judgmental. You need somebody that is going to be supportive of you, but also, you know, politely, kindly call you out on things that are unhealthy and give you recommendations of things that you can do. And you might not have those people in your life. Like I didn't have anybody that could say, Hey, when you're going through a divorce, here's what's really helpful because I just, it didn't exist. I didn't have it in my friend group and I didn't have it in my family group. And I did feel a lot of shame about it. So, you know, I, really struggled alone with a lot of things that looking back on it, I didn't need to do. And just 
it just didn't need to be that difficult. So that's what I would say is just, you know, really reach out to whoever you think can be that to you. I love that. And I think that absolutely you need the support system around you. And, you know, as we said earlier, you have to put yourself out there a little bit and get a little bit uncomfortable because if you don't share what's going on in your life, nobody's going to be able to offer that support because they don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's, it is uncomfortable. It's a hard thing to talk about. And you, I, I remember feeling ashamed and like embarrassed about it too. And it's like, you don't want to advertise it, but at the same time when you do, and you know, you do it in your own way, but you do create, you know, long lasting friendships over these types of things. Yeah. And let's be honest, it's not like you are marrying an alien, you know, like something that's never been done before. You're going yeah. through a divorce, you know, like right. half the people out there have gone exactly. through a divorce. Like, it's not like, it's like, oh my God, what is this thing you're speaking of divorce? It's just, it's not that uncommon. It just feels like, cause we don't fit into like the norm that's like passed down to us that it, that it's a major tragedy and it's challenging, but it, you know, it doesn't need to be any harder than it already is. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, like the norm and, you know, for me, like I grew up in a separated blended family and even then, even growing up that way, when I got divorced, I still felt that same, like, Oh, I failed. You know, even though like that was my normal and my, actually my ex and I joked when we split up that we didn't learn how to be married from our parents, but his were divorced, mine were divorced and remarried, but you know, not the nuclear family, but we learned how to be divorced and we learned how to like co-parent from them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, I think that my last piece of practical advice before we move on Mm -hmm. is really focus on um, like post-divorce, post-separation, two houses and coming up with a plan for when your children arrive back at your house. Um, and obviously this is age dependent and will change as they grow up. But my one girlfriend struggles with this a lot. She has um, two kids that are a little bit older and the set of rules and circumstances from dad's house to mom's house are drastically different. And mm-hmm. Every time they come back, it takes her like a good two days to kind of like reset. So I was giving that some thought. And I think coming up with like a reset plan for when your child or children come back to your home, what the routine's going to be and to be consistent about it. So if it's like a speech that you give them or if it's an activity that you do or if it's a schedule that you restart, um, but just saying like, okay, you're home now. This is what we do here. Remember, this is your brother. If you have more children in the home and like, these are the rules, this is the language you're allowed to use because you have younger siblings, stuff like that um, to kind of like, I don't know, just, I feel like it's like hitting the reset button. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's like the consistency. Um, Not that it's chaotic because it's, you know, not chaotic for you and I, we understand like the whole thing, but, um, for the kids, you know, just the transitions can catch up with them. And absolutely this time of year, I mean, you and I know we've been going crazy. Like every day is something, every night is something on the weekends. It's two things on the, you know, <laughs> yeah. and night and, um, you know, I'll just share. So, you know, my older daughter, the both girls had a little ballet Christmas show last night and we're walking out like a super great blended family moment where it's like me, my parents, my ex, his parents, his new girlfriend, 
I got both girls with me and I, all I had to do was get the stuff out of my car to give to him. And I guess my daughter thought that she was coming home with me because I had my other daughter with me and she just hysterically started crying. I haven't seen her cry in forever because we usually transition on Sunday mornings and this was Sunday night. So I guess she thought that she was coming with us and she was just sobbing and sobbing and sobbing. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So, you know, we just quick, like, you know, here, no, it's your time with dad. It's his time for you. And they, you know, walked away and she's still crying. So I sent him a text this morning and I just said, you know, was she okay? And he said, yeah, she was fine. She cried for a little bit. I think she was overwhelmed with the day and then she was on stage and it was a big deal. And, um, you know, so they just went home and just very chill did some like baking and did some ornaments to reset her because that's what they need to do with her. So I'm always the one that's like, you know, passing her off on Sunday. And I think that's important that they always have a routine. They do pretty much the same things on Sunday so that she can feel like, okay, you know, even if I miss mom, that um, there are some things that I'm doing that are familiar and it really just, she needs to take it down to like a very low emotional level. So um, I thought that was good. And he just said, like, he offered some feedback to me. Like, do you think that she knew that she was, coming home with me did you tell her that she was coming home with you and I honestly had said in the morning here's what we're doing we're doing this then we're doing this then we're going to your dance show and I don't think I even said where she was going that night and that was clearly confusing to her so it was kind of good we could even talk about like okay next time here's what you need to do and also it was just an overwhelming time and she's totally tired and cracked out um but the reset you know can happen in the other house too I think that's an amazing perspective because I totally would have been like, do you think she can just come home with me tonight and you can have her tomorrow? (laughs) Like I would have screwed up the whole schedule because I'm, you know, scared that she's upset. But I think the way you guys handle that's amazing. Yeah, I would say, you know, the, the lesson that I've learned the most is that it's really not about you. And there's just, I was thinking about this today. I guess I was thinking about us talking tonight about you know, so much of parenting is sacrificing, you know, you just sacrifice like your sleep, you sacrifice like we were out to dinner and Gwenny's like got ketchup all over me because she wants to like smash her face into my shoulder. And, you know, you're just like, okay, let's just drag clean on this shirt. There's five bucks. You know, you're just always giving, giving, giving. And when you go through a divorce, it's, you know, you, you really have to give up some things for the betterment of your child. Like, it, I would have loved to take her home that night, but it was better for her to get settled with her dad because she had school this morning. And even though it was upsetting, um, that's what was best for her. And I think that's the message that I would say to anybody is there are going to be times that it's, it is very painful, but it you always have to do what's best for your kid. Yeah. And I think that's great that you have that clarity and are able to see that, um, you know, it's, really admirable because there's uh, you know plenty of people out there that would not react that way that would not be able to emotionally handle um you know i'm sending my crying daughter home with his her father and the girlfriend you know what i mean like but i know that you guys have a good relationship and you like her and things are all good so i think it's it's a great it's healthy it's good for everybody and that was you know the right move at the right time yeah and i know just her too that as soon as she got in the car and just you know got settled that in 
a few minutes, then it would be completely passed, you know? So it's just like having to, you know, stomach that really sad moment and know that she'll be fine. She, she can rebound. It's all going to be okay. Yep. Sure is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the last thing we wanted to talk about was how to be like extra supportive with your friends. So, you know, your girlfriend's newly getting divorced and she has, doesn't have her kids that weekend or she does, um, just some like, you know, helpful things like obviously be flexible with schedule. Obviously I think most moms are cool with that. You know, we bail on each other a lot because the kids are sick or there something came up. Um, but I think in a divorced or blended family, those issues kind of come up more often because there are just more dynamics going on. So just to be understanding and understand that, you know, parents are going to put their kids first. And when it's a blended or divorce situation, there's not just, you know, two parents and the kid, there may be four parents and two houses, and there's just more things to consider. So just to be, I don't know, patient and empathetic. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I think there's just sometimes like, I know that I transition my older daughter on Wednesdays and if it's the Wednesday I have her, I'm not doing anything. I'm not going to, you know, a mom's club meeting. I'm not meeting anybody for dinner. I'm not going out for drinks. I'm just not doing it, you know? And, and that's just the boundary you set. So being there for understanding of other people, like, you know, I know Wednesdays are hard for you. Sundays are hard for you and for I. So we just know that of each other. Exactly. And you, and you just are patient and understanding about it and you make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, I, I get actually all, all the time, even from my mom, actually, I don't know how you do it. I don't mm-hmm. know how you do it. And I'm like, part of me feels like, okay, I think that's a compliment. Like they're saying like, you know, you're pretty great, which is awesome. And I appreciate that. But at the other times I'm like, but I'm so exhausted and I don't have a choice. I can't like not pick up the kids from school. Like I have to. Yeah. Do you think that like, do you ever get that? And is it helpful for you? Like, is that a supportive comment or not so much? I find it just to, I take it as very judgmental of, and not that your mom's saying it, but other people of like, I don't know how you keep your schedule straight. You know, like we only transition on two days. What's that freaking difficult? You know, so (laughs) like, it's not your life. So don't you worry about it. I got it in my phone. I'm good. Like my kids are never left standing on the side of the road. So um, I would say whatever, you know, your friend's custody plan is transition plan that you just are like, oh, okay. Like, that's great. Seems like you got it all covered. Not like, I don't know how you keep that straight. Cause I take it as like, oh, it sounds like you're really effing your kids up. So, (laughs) and it may not be, but that's just me being super paranoid. So, um, I just try to, you know, not have a comment about the schedule because it's clearly what works for that family. Right. You're right. And I, you know, I think that one of my favorite top points that we pulled up on here um, to talk about was when you're, I don't even know how to phrase it gently, but don't be that girl. Don't mm-hmm. be the, like the crazy jealous ex who does like everything her power to put the kids in the middle um, and, you know, create sides or teams. All it does is mess the kids up. They need to just know that if they have two houses or if they have three houses that everybody loves them, this, you know, this growing circle of people is all their family. Um, and that you do like want to support your kids and help them get through it, not to create all of these boundaries and lines and issues in their minds for them. 
Absolutely. I think it's, you know, it's tough enough being a kid growing up and just going through regular, you know, milestones that to not have your parents, you know, commentary involved um, is very helpful. So yeah, if you can just save that, and that's really an adult conversation, and that's adult content, that that needs to be directed away from the kids. Right. And then just being the bigger person. Um, so just like I was saying, you know, it, it takes a while to get to that point of not making it about you that everything is about your kids. You know, we want to be good parents, we want to be better parents, we want to lead, you know, more stress free lives. So just, you know, working on your own issues outside of what is involving your kids, you know, if that means needing to go to a therapist or talking to your girlfriends or talking to your family members, you know, just realizing that it's, you know, it is about your kids, every single decision is about them. And when you are, you know, doing an amazing job, your kids are thriving, and you can see how it's benefiting them. And when you're not, you're stuck in that negative place, you can see that too. So I think it is just important bottom line is that you know it's always 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 about the kids yep I agree 100% and you know like we always say the idea is to try to do this as gracefully as possible it's not always easy there's always kind all kinds of issues but if we go by the motto that it's all about the kids and we want to you know develop them into good human beings then we have to do what's best for them Yep, definitely. So we have so many thoughts on this, but um, (laughs) I think it's time to wrap up. So um, we hope that we shared something helpful for everyone tonight. And if something resonated with what you're going through, let us know, share our podcast, subscribe to it. And our goal is to help us step up in our parenting skills and to blend gracefully. So thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you next week on the girlfriend's guide to blending families. Cheers. Cheers.